So we're in a series titled, The God Who Is There. We want a relationship with the real God, not the God of our imagination, not the God we've merely heard about. We want a relationship with God, the real God, the God who is there. Do you believe you can know God? That was rhetorical. Thank you, Ella. <laughs> the God who is there. Yes, we can. We can know God. But only because God has revealed himself to us. And he has preserved a record of his self-revelation in the Bible. And so we can open up the Bible and we can learn about the God who is there. We cannot know God exhaustively. But we can know him accurately. And we can know him personally. God wants to be known. And so every one of us has to grapple the question, do I know my creator? Do I know him accurately and do I know him personally? And God wants you to know him. That's not just a general you, kind of a plural general. It's a specific you. God wants to know you. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It does not matter how far you have run, how long you have run. It doesn't matter uh, what you've done. God wants to know you. And he has provided a way for you to be restored in fellowship to him, to have your sins wiped away, taken away as far as the east is from the west, remembered no more. And that is through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Will you know God? Do not leave here today without knowing your creator. So in this series, we're eight weeks into this series, we've already learned quite a bit about the God who is there. We've learned that the God who's there made everything. We learned that he does not wipe out rebels, that he writes his own agreements, that he legislates, that he reigns, that he is unfathomably wise, that he grants new birth, and today we're going to see that the God who is there died and lives again. And we're going to get at this truth uh, in John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to the Gospel of John, 10th chapter. And uh, Jesus is telling people that he is the great shepherd. And he says, I am the great shepherd. The great shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Jesus was born to die. All of us die, but Jesus was born to die. That was his life purpose. And that, that can't be said of anyone else. The reason Jesus left heaven and came to earth was precisely so that he could go to the cross and substitute himself as an offering for our sin. By his stripes, we are healed. We're the sinners. We deserved the penalty of death. But Jesus hung upon the cross and took the penalty for our sin upon himself. Jesus lived that, that he might die so that we might live. 
And today we're going to be talking about the cross and the resurrection. The very central to the Christian faith. The cross canceled the penalty of sin. The resurrection broke the power of sin. And someday Jesus will return again and take away the presence of sin fully from our lives. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. The cross, that great symbol of the Christian faith, there it stands. We, you know, faithful volunteers pull it out of the trailer, muscle it in here and set it up each week. Why? Because that is the central symbol of the Christian faith. Because apart from it, we could not be forgiven. We could not have eternal life. The cross is a testimony both to God's great love for us and our great value to him. Greater love has no man than this, John 15, 13, than a man lay down his life for his friends. God calls us friends. And how, how much does he value us? How much does he value you? You look to the cross. That's how much. Enough to lay his life down for us. And the cross is a testimony to God's great love. Greater love has no man than this. He couldn't have done anything greater to, to demonstrate how much he loves us. So let's read John chapter 10, starting in verse 11. We're going to look at verses 11 through 18 today. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. Now, the first thing I want to point out here is that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's not just a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd because he alone laid his life down for the sheep. Now, there have been other brave shepherds. King David was a brave shepherd who was willing to put himself at risk for the sheep. He faced down the bear, he faced down the lion. But he did that believing that he could do it and survive, right? He had great confidence in his skill and great confidence in his God. And so he believed, I can face down the bear, I can face down the lion, I can protect the sheep and, and myself live. And that's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, I'm willing to be brave, I'm willing to take risks on behalf of the sheep. He's saying, I'm willing, in fact, I did die that the sheep might live. And that puts him in a, in a totally unique category. In fact, I think we would say 
a shepherd who's willing to lay his life down for, an, for a sheep, for an animal, that's craziness, right? Uh, and yet, here's God who, in the person of Jesus Christ, lays his life down for the creature. Crazy. He is the good shepherd, unparalleled, in a class all by his, his own, all by himself. So why... Why did Jesus lay his life down for us? What motivated him? And he tells us right here, three things. Number one, Jesus laid his life down for the sheep because he cares for us. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So unlike the, the servant who uh, doesn't really, really care about the sheep, cares more about himself and his own well-being, and so when, when there is a protect the sheep and, uh, or protect yourself, I'm going to protect myself. But Jesus cares about us so much that he laid down his life. He went to the cross. He died that we might live. That's how much he cares for us. Now, I came across a poem I found, frankly, disturbing. And it's a poem titled, The Good Shepherd by Stanley Moss. And this poem is written from the perspective of the lost sheep. So elsewhere, Jesus tells a story about the good shepherd who is willing to leave the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. Uh, the good shepherd doesn't just say, hey, I've held on to 99% of my investment. That 1%, I'm just going to you know, call it up, chalk it up as a, a, a lost cause, a sunken cost, and move on. No, the good shepherd cares about every single sheep. And so the good shepherd beds the 99 down and then goes out looking for that lost sheep because every sheep matters. Stanley Moss writes this poem from the perspective of the lost sheep, and what we find out is that this little sheep is not lost. This little sheep is running away because this little sheep does not trust the, good, the intentions of the shepherd. Second stanza of the poem, the little lost sheep says, Still... I knew there was only a thin line between the good shepherd and the butcher. How many lambs had put their heads between the shepherd's knees, closed their eyes, offering their neck to the knife? Familiar, the quick thuds of the club doing its work. More than once at night I saw the halo coming. That's a reference to Jesus. I ran like a deer and hid among the rocks. Or I crawled under a bush, my heart in thorns. During the day, I lived my life in clover, watching out for the halo. I swore on the day the good shepherd catches hold, trying to wrestle me to the ground and bind my feet, I'll buck like a ram and bite like a wolf. Although I taste the famous blood, I will break loose. I will race under the gates of heaven, 
back to the mortal fields, my flock, my stubbled grass and mud. How sad it is that there are many, many people who do not believe that God is good to them. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. I sacrifice for you. I want your best. Just a few verses earlier, Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And yet, Satan has convinced so many people that God is not, in fact, good to them. They doubt his intentions. And how, when you look at the cross, how can you doubt the goodness of the good shepherd? And yet so many do. Until the Spirit of God opens their minds and their hearts to his love for them in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, there is this great aha and this great turning. Why am I running away from the good shepherd? No, 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 I want to be found. And we come out into the open and we say, God, here I am. Here I am. And we repent of our sins. And we put our faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ, and we come back to the fold. Do you trust the good shepherd's goodness to you? This is an absolutely central question of faith. If you doubt God's goodness to you in particular, you cannot entrust your life to him. You won't entrust your life to him. Why would you? You'll always hold back trying to protect yourself. The second reason the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep is because we are his own. He has claimed us. Verse 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. He's speaking there about uh, the future uh, gospel going to the Gentiles. So his fold will be made up of peoples from all nations in the world. One fold with one shepherd, Jesus. So there is an ownership that, that Jesus doesn't just... Um, his relationship with us is absolutely secure. It's a, a relationship where he calls us his children, right? Uh, just earlier in chapter 3, to those who received him, God is speaking about Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are his children. A little later in this chapter, verse 27, we read, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father 
are one. So there's an ownership and, and a, a knowledge, a, a relationship. I'm the, uh, I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. That, to me, this is a, a flabbergasting verse. Jesus is saying, my relationship with my sheep is in some way like my relationship with God the Father. What? He is liking his relationship with you as his relationship with the Father? What is that? So Bill Mounts, who is a, um, a Greek scholar, Bill Mounts says that this word know is, has specifically about um, experiential relationship. You know because you have experienced personally. And so Jesus has a, a personal relationship with the Father that has grown throughout eternity. And he has a personal relationship with every Christian that has begun and will continue to grow exper experientially throughout all eternity. You see, when Jesus looks at you, if you're his sheep, he, he can see you throughout eternity. And we get all wrapped up around the fact that I didn't read my Bible this week as much as I should have. I didn't go to church the way I should have. I spoke more harshly to my colleague at work than I should have. And yes, we should be convicted about that. And we should repent of it and, and, and be find cleansing and do better. But this is a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of our eternal existence. And God sees the whole. And so God, listen, if God were to describe his relationship with you, how would he describe it? See, I don't think he would say, if somebody said, hey, tell me about your relationship with Mike. I don't think Jesus would say, meh. He's doing pretty well. He's got a lot of years ahead of him, so we don't know for sure how it's going to all wind up. But, he, you know, if he keeps going this way, at the end of his life, his, uh, you know, I think his, you know, if his good deeds outweigh his bad deeds at the end, you know, he, he'll probably get in. It's looking that way. It's unsure. I don't think that's the way Jesus would describe his relationship with me. I'd say, he'd say oh, yeah, Mike, he's my sheep. He's my own. My father gave him to me. And no one can snatch him out of my hand. He who began a good work in him will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And nothing can separate Mike from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Oh man, I, could, I know Mike 10,000 years from now, 100,000 years from now. He's amazing. And our relationship becomes so sweet and so deep throughout time. Stop doubting God's love for you. Stop doubting your relationship with him. Once you are his, you are his for eternity. And just live into that now. Live into that now. Third reason Jesus lays his life down for the sheep is because that's what the father asked him to do. That's the charge that God gave that God the Father gave to the Son. Verse 17, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. Someone once said that um, salvation is like a symphony with three movements, each movement uh, orchestrated by a different member of the Trinity. God the Father... He's the, God, and the man with the plan. God, the Father has the plan. He creates the plan. The Son executes the plan. He's the one who dies on the cross. He's the one who rises again. He's the one who someday will return and uh, rule the universe. And then the Spirit applies God's plan to each person specifically. So it's the Spirit who regenerates us. It's the Spirit who comforts us and teaches us and the Spirit who seals us for that great day of redemption. And so Jesus became, although uh, he was equal with God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, but he humbled himself, became a man, became obedient even to death upon the cross. And the Father loves him for that. Because he's fulfilling his role in salvation history. But we got to understand that Jesus, Jesus was a sacrifice, not a martyr. Okay, a martyr would rather live, but uh, is willing to die rather than give up their convictions. That's not Jesus. Jesus is a sacrifice. He knew, I must Lay down my life for the sheep, otherwise they can't live. And so Jesus, nobody takes my life from me. Remember in the garden when the uh, temple guards come to arrest Jesus and one of the disciples whips out a sword, chops the ear off, and Jesus says, stop that. Don't you know I could call down a myriad of angels from heaven to rescue me? But I'm not because I have a role to play. I lay my life down. No one takes it from me. And that's what he says and he's saying this, you got to understand, he's saying this all before Gethsemane, all before the cross. He knows full well what's coming. I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I am choosing this. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. Jesus is an offering. Wide opened. Uh, when he left heaven, he knew what was in store, and he said, yes, I will do that. And so for that, we worship him, and for that, we trust him, and for that, we obey him. The cross, absolutely necessary for our salvation, but the cross was never intended to be the end. I have authority to lay it down and to take it up again. And three days later, Jesus burst forth from the grave, alive, defeating the power of sin. And he went to be with his father. He is seated there right now at the right hand of the father. And someday he will return in the same way that he left. He will return. And when that day comes, his sheep will have the shepherd present in a special way for all eternity. And we look forward to that day and we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long for the day when there will only be one fold. 
and you will be in charge. So four questions for response. Number one, do you believe the good shepherd is good to you? Answer that question in your own heart. Number two, are you secure in the good shepherd's love? He claims you as his own. Number three, are you a sheep in his fold? Not every sheep is in his fold. Not every person is a Christian. Not every person is a child of God with walking around with her sins forgiven and heaven being their destiny. Number four, are you listening to the good shepherd's voice? And what is he saying to you this morning? At the end of the service, I'll be right here. Uh, there will be others present. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, and if you, I started by saying, do you know God? He wants to know you. And he's made a way through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. If you are not confident that you are a sheep in Jesus' fold, please come talk to me. Nothing I'd rather do than to um, pray with you and talk about your next steps for following Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd. We receive that truth. We take comfort in it. We respond to it. Thank you for laying your life down for the sheep. We are part of your fold. Amen.